Michael Swickard here. Welcome to Enchanting People of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Our award-winning Hatch Green and Red Chili is from locally owned farms in Hatch, New Mexico, which you know is the chili capital of the world. Hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. Every Monday and Friday, we do regular historical and cultural podcasts. Wednesday, today, we celebrate people who are important to our area. So normally on Wednesdays, we talk about one person who's made a difference in our little slice of paradise. Today, I want to celebrate two who are forever tied to New Mexico history, Robert Goddard and Ralph Goddard. Two very different men of science and engineering that most people in New Mexico do not recognize. Probably they were connected since they both came from the same town, Worcester, Massachusetts, and both were born in the 1880s and both attended the same Worcester Polytechnic Institute a couple of years apart. The more famous man of them was Robert Goddard, the father of rockets in the United States. He spent his New Mexico time from 1930 to his death in 1945 in and around Roswell, New Mexico, over there on the east side of the state. In Roswell, there's a Goddard High School that I attended for one semester during the fall of 1966. As my father was retiring from the military, we didn't know quite where we were going, so I lived with an aunt and uncle one semester. Ralph Willis Goddard came to New Mexico from Nebraska, where he had taught engineering at a college there and was placed in charge of engineering at New Mexico College of Agriculture and Mechanical Arts, which we now know and call it New Mexico State University. Professor Ralph Goddard made a profound difference at his college over his 15 years, and then he died in an accident December 31, 1929, about six months before Robert Goddard came to New Mexico, where he spent 15 years. How strange. And he was glad to have the wide open spaces of Roswell for his rocket tests. Now, if you think of Ralph Willis Goddard, you'll see the initials of his three names, RWG. Stay with me here now. If you add a radio station letter K to the initials, you get KRWG. Yes, like in KRWG-FM and KRWG Television. Both of those fine organizations at New Mexico State University are dedicated to the memory of Professor Ralph W. Goddard. Now for a real surprise. Yes, this will be a surprise. If you listen to Radio Powerhouse in Albuquerque, KOB, both AM and FM, you could even watch the TV. Before they changed their name to KKOB, the radio stations, it goes back to the founder of that great radio station, KOB, which was founded on the campus of what is now New Mexico State University. Would you like to guess who the man was who guided the start of KOB Radio? Yes, of course. It's Ralph Willis Goddard, the professor of engineering at that time. Lots of history with Ralph Goddard over the 15 years he was at the college and leading the electrical engineering efforts. I appreciate the value of of Robert H. Goddard, 
Because uh, just about east of Las Cruces is the White Sands Missile Range, the Army base there, where the V-2 rockets were brought after World War II ended, and then the development really continued. The development of White Sands Missile Range was uh, much of the research of uh, Robert Goddard and his rocket research, especially two-stage rockets and solid-fuel rockets, that eventually took us to the moon and back safely. Michael Swigert here, Enchanting People of New Mexico. Each Wednesday we do a podcast on people who are special to New Mexico. Hit subscribe to automatically get these broadcasts. So on this podcast about people important to New Mexico, we're looking at two men who share the last name of Goddard. Both came to New Mexico to do their slightly related scientific work, though it would appear that if they knew each other or related, we don't know much about it. Ralph Goddard's electrical engineering work and Robert Goddard's research and development in rockets are related in two areas. Both were and are quite dangerous, and both concentrate a lot of energy in a small area. Oh, and both were passions about their inventions, even from being small children. Ralph Goddard was interested in electricity to the point that at one time he constructed a wind power generator that worked a little bit. He gave up on it. And Robert Goddard was fascinated with primitive rockets and it kind of caused a little bit of havoc in his family. Another connection is that when World War I started in the United States, April of 1917, both men, and they were 2,000 miles apart, again, not, not together, separately, they came to the aid of their country. Ralph Goddard was teaching electrical, electrical engineering, and he started military classes in telegraphy. You know, how to set up wires and communicate with dots and dashes. New Mexico College of Agriculture and Mechanical Arts was a land-grant college, so Reserve Officer Training, ROTC, was a core mission of the college, and sending these trained telegraphers to war was important to the war effort. In 1917 and 1918, during our involvement in the Great War, there were not any wireless communications from the front back to the generals. Closest was homing pigeons, but no, they were not at all reliable. The telegraph wire was easy to string and allowed almost instant communication, and once they learned the dots and the dashes, you could communicate fairly quickly. Robert Goddard, who was in Massachusetts when the war broke out, he didn't come to New Mexico until 1930. Robert Goddard was called upon for weapons development, and the bazooka, you know the bazooka, not the gum, the actual device, was designed by him while he was at Clark University and still working with the Worcester uh, Polytechnic Institute Magnetic Lab. It was a tube-fired rocket to deal with the advent of tanks on the battlefield, and it was successfully demonstrated at the Aberdeen Proving Grounds in Maryland to the U.S. Army Signal Corps, but World War I ended before the weapon could actually be deployed. It was the mainstay, a mainstay of World War II and beyond, taking care of tanks and things like that. Now, Robert Goddard was a very private man, and he was one who had tuberculosis. Therefore, he was ill for long stretches of time. He didn't trust the government and was glad to quit working on any projects for them. 
He was even more withholding with, with the German scientists after he saw that Germany was rearming, so he would not reply to any of the German scientists' communication asking about rockets. He was happy to just deal with how much energy was needed to lift weight into space. He combined oxygen and hydrogen and worked on how you could control the burn. Lots of good books on this topic, uh, though his move to Roswell was both to get a dry climate because of his problem with tuberculosis and that his rocket tests were quite alarming to his neighbors. A lot of big booms and rockets going up and coming back down. They were thrilled for him to move to the wide open spaces of Roswell, New Mexico. Now let me talk about Ralph Willis Goddard. In 1914, he was hired to the engineering department at uh, the college there. It's in its 25th year of operation. Ralph Goddard wanted to move the classes on engineering from theoretical to very practical. That was, that was what he wanted. He wanted to do things with engineering that were practical. He wanted the electrical motors and devices to do things that were useful, especially things that were commercially useful. One area that he got interested in over a couple of years was the new endeavor of radio, and which really started uh, in the teens in about 1920. Ralph Goddard constructed a very rudimentary broadcast device that proved the concept. And on April 5, 1922, the Federal Radio Commission licensed radio station KOB with 750 watts of power and 883 on the AM dial. It changed over eight years. The power finally went to 10,000 watts. It had been different spots on the dial, finally 760 AM. Over the year, the years that the, between uh, 1922 and 1930, the station broadcast a lot of sports, Aggie football from a game, live broadcast. One year, the World Series. Ralph Goddard also went to classical concerts and broadcast musical from those performances. Now, from the very humble beginnings, radio station KOB became a powerful station heard many miles away over several states and was the most powerful college radio station in the nation at one time. The seven-person staff included three announcers, two engineers, a secretary, and the station director, Ralph Goddard. And he took an interest in everything broadcast involved. One thing for sure is that the college radio station there in Las Cruces helped sell all over New Mexico and even connecting states many radio receivers because people wanted to hear the farm reports, the reports from the Agricultural Extension Service, the music, the sports, the news. There was, quote, instant, unquote, election results. Instead of people waiting days for the results, and the music and sports was part of many people's daily habits. Now, <clears throat> you may ask this question, there wasn't electric lines out there, what did they do? Well, in rural areas with no electric lines, many radio receivers worked off batteries and therefore miles and miles from civilization, there was still a connection out on ranches to the college. Then sadly, an accident happened at the station with Professor Ralph Goddard. 
He was getting the station ready for a New Year's Eve broadcast, December 31st, uh, 1929, when he was killed by electricity. The station stayed off the air for several days. A couple days later, then college president Harry Kent announced the death of Ralph Goddard and the station permanently closed. Without a director, it was sold a couple years later to a group in Albuquerque and moved there. In 1934, the engineering building, which you still see, Goddard Hall, it was named for Goddard. In 1964, under Dr. Roger Corbett's great leadership, a college station was started, and they decided that the name should be KRWG-FM to honor Ralph Willis Goddard. In 1972, a television station was started in Milton Hall named KRWG-TV. Now, partly personal, I came to NMSU in the summer of 1968 and worked at radio station KRWG-FM and an on-campus carrier current AM station, meaning it was only heard on station, but it was KRWG-AM, and that's how I learned the radio business. I also worked at the in-town radio station KGRT-AM, and I was the first production director at KRWG-TV, being on the video switcher when it went on the air February of 1972. After graduation in 1972, I was hired by Albuquerque television station KOB, and I was in the production department for three years. New Mexico was fortunate to have two Goddards come to our state, and I think of them often. Now, there's a number of great books on Robert Goddard, a couple to speak of importance of Ralph Goddard. If you want more of the details filled in, just know that we are just very lucky to have had the two Goddards come to us. Let me speak something of our sponsor, Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. We have the harvest going on, and this next month, Big Jim Hatch Green Chili will be available in a jar. It's a special reserve release of Hatch Green Chili Veritol Big Jim. Veritol means that the product's only made with Big Jim Chili, which is sweet, has a medium heat level, and is my favorite chili. I'm not kidding. Big Jim's very popular in New Mexico restaurants and homes. The harvest uh, is going on. We should have some jars pretty soon. The first product available yeah, pretty soon. You can pre-order if you want at FreshChiliCo.com. Michael Swickert here. This is Enchanting People of New Mexico. Thank you for your time today. We'll always have lots of news and stories about New Mexico for you on these podcasts. If you have something you want me to talk about in a future podcast or someone that you want me to talk about, write to Michael at FreshChiliCo.com. If there's something you want me to talk about or someone... I'm glad to talk about it. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, yes, and eat plenty of good Hatch Valley chili. Like I always say, some chili is good, more is better. Thanks for your time now.